Hello and welcome to a brand new series of The Dirt in partnership with Gardening Works. We're the podcast that celebrates all the highs and lows that come with gardening. I'm Emily, Senior Content Creator of Grow Your Own magazine. And I'm Sophie, Grow Your Own's content writer. On today's episode, we'll be discussing wild spaces in the garden and vegetable art, uh, and that does include toast. (laughs) Um, But first, let's chat to Rachel from gardening blog Don't Crop Me Now. Hello, Rachel. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on today. Hi. It's nice to have you finally and in, in, see you in the flesh. We can see each other on webcam at the moment, but <laughs> obviously our listeners won't be able to. Um, yeah, so, so how's the weather looking over, over your plot and your garden today? Well, it's actually been terrible this morning, but we've fared pretty well over the last couple of days. So I think we've been a bit lucky here compared to other areas in South Manchester. I did actually pop over to the plot last night just to make sure that it was all standing and it looked pretty good. So fingers crossed after this morning, we'll still be in the same situation. Yeah, it's such a lucky dip at the moment, isn't it? I've had a few fence panels been sort of uh, broken over the last few days, (laughs) you know, trying to weigh everything down. (laughs) It seems like on YouTube um, and uh, Facebook, every single feed, isn't it, is about broken greenhouses and polytunnels. So it does make you a bit paranoid. But so far, so good. (laughs) Good, good. That's what we like to hear. (laughs) Now, you own a gardening blog, Don't Crop Me Now, I believe. Yes. Um, And you're one half of that. Yeah, so um, our gardening blog is Don't Crop Me Now. And we have a YouTube and all the associated social media as well. And it's about our gardening journey, really. So it's myself and my husband. And we've had a plot for about probably over 15 years, certainly now. We currently have two full allotment plots, but at one point we did have three. So we have cut down a little bit. So we've been growing our food for quite a long while. And our blog is about our journey with this. It's all about our growing. There's also cooking on there. And we quite like to do a lot of recycling projects. So we do also post a bit about making things and how we recycle things for our allotment. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. We're in Greater Manchester. Um yeah it's it's a lot of fun really I mean we we started it off originally just to share with our family and friends but it has been growing quite a bit recently it's still very much a hobby because we both work full-time but it's really nice to share with others and Mm. it's nice to have contact from other people that enjoy watching and listening to our videos really Mm, absolutely must be a nice way to record each season and what's you know what's been worked well for you and what hasn't so that you can remember from years back and things yeah, so I really I like looking at old videos and I think Facebook's very good for that, isn't it? It brings you up sort of old memories, but I yeah. like looking at old videos and just seeing how much it's changed really over the years. And there's certainly been a lot of change in our plots. I mean, we started off originally with um, helping out a, a friend of um, my father-in-law's. So he was having you know, a few problems keeping up with his plot and he just essentially said, does anyone can give him a hand and so I thought right you know what let's do it so I said that I'd go and help originally sort of drag my husband into it and then we got the bug from there really and we sort of took on we went on the waiting list and we we got offered a uh, plot four which is our main plot I actually remember going home to my husband and saying oh brilliant we've got an allotment plot and I remember him just saying it it's not that plot four is it <laughs> and I was like yes <laughs> because it was horrendous when we first got it um it was like 
well over seven foot high and we actually had apple trees on it that had brambles and bind me so you couldn't see the trees (laughs) so over the time we've cleared quite a few plots really and we started with plot four and now we've got other plots as well so it's become I I would say it's a hobby but I think a lot of people see a bit more of an obsession really but there's worse things I guess to be (laughs) obsessed about than growing your own food isn't they so Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think that's one of the very best. (laughs) Now, what would you say have been your biggest gardening successes to date? I would say really just how self-sufficient we've managed to become really on an allotment plot. I mean, obviously, if you think about allotments, they were set originally um, in the sort of dig for victory type times to be able to feed like a family of four from one allotment plot. But our diets and the way we eat has changed so much over the years yeah. and obviously we're still both working so I remember when we first got the plot it was really mainly like retired or older people that had plots but it's really changed a lot in recent years yeah. um, and so it's just how self-sufficient we, we've really managed to become so we use a lot of techniques to try and preserve our crops so we do a lot of preserving freezing um, about 18 months ago I got a pressure canner imported from America which oh, wow. is a literally a complete game changer so I managed to make all things like soups and stews and I canned those and all last winter um, I managed to take something in to work every single day by just taking it off the shelf and have oh, to wow. say I felt so smug about that it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant zero prep and all my own fresh ingredients um, <laughs> wow. we do a so that's just been brilliant, really. And uh, we also do a lot of freezing. And I remember when we first started the first few years, because you have so many gluts, I was like putting them all in the freezer, like freezing like things like broad beans. And we'd have, say, like 50 small bags of broad beans in the freezer, which you'd never get round to eating. And now so we've adapted our ways quite a bit, really. Rather than freezing lots of individual vegetables, we tend to make things and freeze those. And that's mm-hmm. really enabled us to utilise our crops really well. Um, we also grew a lot of beans. We've been growing beans for drying on our plot. And I think I got enough beans. I worked out with something like 147 cans of beans that I could have made out of dry oh, beans. Wow. <laughs> so I think we, if we wanted to, we can probably live on beans. But um, So that's the thing I'll probably, I'm probably most proud of, really, is the success story of how in busy times and we both got busy jobs we still managed to be pretty self-sufficient and I think that's the the idea isn't it to feed your family from your allotment and we managed to do that really well it's a lot of hard work but um that's probably the thing that I'm really most proud of really that must have made you feel so much better obviously with the lockdown and you know supplies were running low in supermarkets and stuff and knowing you had that supply there must have been a real weight off your mind yeah I mean certainly with the canning I remember my colleagues at work saying that oh, you've got more food in your garage than I asked her. <laughs> and I think it, <laughs> it it felt a bit like that at times, but we we do manage to use it all. It just takes organisation and that's it's really, really rewarding. I know where our foods come from. Um, I really like the idea of reducing food miles and things like that as yeah, well, sort yeah. of environmental impact. So it's just, just great, really. And that's, you know, I'm really pleased we've got to this point. Mm, 100%. It's a big achievement, especially when you can see the results and, you know, especially when you've got all those cans on your shelves, it must be really sort of like, a wow, I've done that sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. yeah, wonderful. Okay, so what would you say has been your biggest gardening fail or fails, <laughs> if any? So we all have, don't we, like loads of gardening fails. I think that that's part of learning. So 
I try not to worry too much about when things go wrong, but we've had low, I could probably tell you loads of stories, but one that really sticks in my mind from when we early, in the early years of having an allotment was, it wasn't the first year, maybe the second or third year, we'd got to that point where we were getting enough of our crops and my family don't actually live locally to us and we were going over for Christmas. So I'd spent like months before Christmas telling my entire family that what I was going to be doing is bringing all the food over for Christmas. <laughs> so no one's going to have to go to that horrible supermarket rush, you know, though yeah. like last sort of two oh, days gosh, before Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Feeling really smug about this. I, I was bragging about this for months <laughs> about how was, we were going to turn up on the day with all the veg essentially for the entire, you know, entire family. Yeah. And then the week before Christmas, we got really bad weather and it went and it was this was when we, we haven't had weather like this in a long time, certainly here in Manchester. But we had it went really, really cold and then it started to snow. And I remember um, the sort of week before Christmas watching all the plot holders, the longer term plot holders, they were like all sticking canes and things like, you know, in their plots and thinking, well, what are they doing that for? Obviously, they'd realised that snow was forecast. And so it completely froze and then it snowed over the top. And we thought, right, we, we can't let everyone down. We need to go and get this veg. I've been talking about this for months. We need to turn up with this veg. So literally, Chris must have been Christmas morning, about half past six in the morning. We were there at the plot. Firstly, we couldn't even find where the beds were. Oh, so no. that the entire site was like a blanket of snow. So we could just about make out from where the sheds were, where the plots were. Yeah. Then we had to locate where our vegetables may be under this blanket of snow. So when we eventually got the snow off, the ground was completely frozen and we had to get a pickaxe out to get the parsnips out. But oh, we managed goodness. to do it and we did manage to turn up on Christmas Day with the veg. I remember my husband saying it would just been easier to go to the supermarket and I'm like no 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 this is fine it's only six o'clock on 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 a Christmas day morning but with lots of things really and that's the fun in games really isn't it I guess about growing your own food so we did get there in the end um, and we certainly learned why everybody else is putting canes in their plots (laughs) when it started to snow so that's a good tip, I think, for people, isn't it? Like, you know, if you do get a lot of snowy weather, um, that's why everybody else is doing that. And I also always find on something like an, uh, an allotment, it's always good to learn from other people. So if everybody else is doing something, like, there's probably a good message in that, that it's a good idea yeah. to find out why they're doing it and have a go. Definitely. I mean, it's not your usual gardening tool, is it? A pickaxe. But obviously, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need to well, call these... Def- Call on these things. Desperate times, desperate measures, I would say. Those parsnips were coming out. You seem very determined to overcome challenges from what you've told us so far. (laughs) Yeah, I I wasn't going to turn up without these vegetables because firstly, I'd been like talking about it for months. But but secondly, I knew that nobody would have any veg, so we wouldn't even have any Christmas dinner because I told them all not to to buy it, really. (laughs) But you got there in the end. (laughs) Yeah, we did. We got there. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Oh, lovely. Well, obviously, you say that's a brilliant hack to sort of magpie ideas from your neighbours and your your allotment friends and everything yeah. like that. Um, but what is there any other sort of big gardening hack that you've you've picked up throughout the years that you'd you'd like to share um, that you think would be really useful to other growers? I think it's just to try to try new things. Like, for example. You know, if you look at sort of traditionally, it's always said that like root veg shouldn't be transplanted and you should just sow it all directly. And for quite some time, we've been growing um, parsnips in toilet toilet roll inners. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Which obviously, in theory, shouldn't work that well. 
But if you consider something like parsnips, what I've always found is it takes so long to germinate and sometimes the germination is a little bit sporadic. So you can have like big gaps in your rows. And also as they take a long time to germinate, you can get the weeds coming up. So it can be a real, real faff. So quite a long while ago, I had a go at doing this and we've had really good success with, with starting them in the toilet roll tubes. I think the key is we usually start them around end of February for us in Manchester. That still can be quite cold, but they do germinate at quite cold temperatures anyway. So in a cold greenhouse, it just gives them that little bit of protection. So the germination rate is usually better. It means that you can plant them out either in your rows or in blocks actually at station. So you don't have any gaps. I think it's worth a try. And sometimes it's good to try some of those things where, you know, just because people are saying it doesn't work doesn't mean that it's not going to work for you. You have to sort of find your own ways and just trial a few things, really. That's very yeah. true. You do. You sort of adapt to yourself, don't you? What works for your garden yeah. and your area and yeah, and your methods as well. Sort of what you the way you like to do things. So, yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Definitely. Yeah. Um, following on from that, what would you say is the biggest lesson that you've learned from your years of growing? I think it's it's really about, about time and organisation because everybody is really different and some people will have all the time in the world, perhaps maybe they're retired or they don't have a busy work schedule or they've not got children and they might have all these things that mean they have more time than others. But it's about just considering the time that you can devote to your hobby really carefully because I think one of the key things that we found is setting the size of your vegetable patch is really important. So if you can't every single week effectively clear or weed that area, whatever method you're using, whether you're looking at dig or no dig, if you can't do that every single week within the summer, then you're always going to be like against a sort of losing battle with that. So, yeah. so think carefully about the space that you're setting yourself up with. And it's always better to start a bit smaller and then it sort of expand over time. And also the other things to consider with, with time really is I have found that it's more time consuming picking and harvesting and processing and cooking all the crops than it is actually growing the crops. Yeah. So don't forget to allow time for that. And if, if you're going to have, you know, you know, t- you know, pounds and pounds and pounds of potatoes, what are you actually going to do with them within the time that you need to, to pick them or store them? So don't forget about that. So it's it's about just considering the time that you personally have, really, I would say, and trying to match that to a space and build that up over time. Yeah. And another thing that we found really about time is, is time of year. We see quite a lot in our allotment plots, people that sort of disappear, I'd say maybe November-ish and then don't come back onto the plots till sort of March. And obviously it's very weather dependent, isn't it? But that time really from that late autumn time, maybe we're talking about September, October, November time, because the weather just seems to be changing so much. I mean, certainly where we are, when it, by the time it gets to mid-November onwards, it's just raining all the time. And things like those structural projects or organisation projects, like you want to get yourself a greenhouse or a polytunnel or make a new composting system or put new beds in or change a layout or anything like that. I find that investing that time at those months is really important Absolutely. because it might be it might be through to something like March before you can really get those big jobs done again. And, and at that point, then you want to be think, thinking about like planning and planting um, and getting your actual crops ready so I think the people that often have like the tidiest vegetable plots they do turn up turn up all year rounds 
obviously weather dependent yeah. so utilize utilize that time well and if you want to make changes to your plot do that at that period at the end of the summer when you're going into autumn and really early winter um don't try and leave it to early spring because you don't have the time then to do those sorts that's of true. jobs yeah it's very true it's a big chunk of the year when you add it all up isn't it i mean it's a lot of time yeah. you could be spending you know updating your garden like you say so um yeah that's brilliant it's mainly just about being realistic as well, isn't it? Because I think, especially for beginners, you might get this rush of excitement. Oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. But actually, like you say, start small, be realistic and try and be consistent with what you're doing. And like you say, build from there. And it just makes so much sense. Like you say, I'm sure if there's any new new uh, growers listening now, <laughs> that's um, some great advice for them to be following. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, obviously... I'm going to want to have a look at your blog in more detail um, after we've after we've come off of this call. <laughs> um, so, so where can our um, listeners sort of find you? You know, which, which social media platforms are you on, and what can they find? So, we firstly started up the blog, and which is on an actual website. So that's don'tcropmenow.co.uk. Brilliant. Um, but we're also on all the main social media platforms. We've been developing probably our YouTube, or putting a bit more effort into it anyway. I'd say over about the last twelve months. So that's starting to take off quite well now. We're getting increasing subscribers on that. So we do tend to post quite regularly on there. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as well and Twitter. I say the the most busy platforms probably are the YouTube as it's sort of taking off and Facebook has quite a lot of subscribers as well. So we just post post regularly about our journey. So if anyone wants to come along and find out a bit more about us, then have a look at those, please. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, it's been really lovely to speak to you, Rachel. It's been really nice to talk to you about about everything that's been going on. Um, and, you know, we, we hope the weather sort of brightens up for you later as well and, and nothing else flies away. <laughs> well, fingers crossed, because I've actually got a, a week of annual leave now. And that seems to always happen, doesn't it? So I've got a week of annual leave and it's basically raining and storming. <laughs> and I, I, I've got jobs to do. <laughs> I like when I need to get there. Oh dear, I know it's always the way, but yeah, hopefully you get a bit of a a sunny patch here and there and you can get out and do some more things. (laughs) Brilliant, it's lovely to speak to you all and and share a little bit about what we do at our allotment, our allotment, see I'm losing it, our allotment. (laughs) Uh, I quite like um, that actually. And really about our, our, yeah, (laughs) to enjoy our our blog really and social media and hopefully people will find that and join us really in our journey. Brilliant, so thank you very much and yeah, we'll speak to you later. You're most welcome, Bye. 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 Bye, bye, bye. Gardening Works has all you need to get the best from your plot, from composting the old to planting the new. Specialists in all things wood visit the website to see the full range of award-winning raised beds, compost bins and so much more. Gardening Works is passionate about gardening, wildlife and the environment and makes sure all of the wood used in its products is FSC certified and sustainable. Gardening Works products are handmade in the Ribble Valley to the highest possible standards. Find everything you need to create your perfect vegetable garden this season by visiting gardeningworks.co.uk. That's gardeningworks.co.uk. Hello everyone, how are we all doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Yeah, I'm good. And I mean, I know it's, you know, only been a week since last time, but does anyone have any gardening updates? Not quite, actually. I mean, 
How are your chilies doing? <laughs> Still waiting for them, yeah. apparently. It says 7 to 21 days, so I'm just sat here every day every hour <laughs> just watching <laughs> whenever i can have a look at them then yeah. i will be checking them over watering them probably there are worse <laughs> obsessions to have it has to be said. Yeah. it's kind of like a standard process of you know going through the early part of the season i think and you know that impatience that a lot of gardeners have but it's quite a natural thing isn't absolutely. it so, absolutely actually you've just reminded me i did sow some sweet peas at the weekend oh, yeah. Oh. yeah and I've, I've got some little loo rolls that i've saved and i did, did the whole cut snip snip fold the bottom under and I've got about three different types like two seeds in each and just, I'm just waiting for them but I think they're a little bit they're a little bit wet I think I've watered them a little bit too much so so I'm sort of trying to hope they'll dry off in yeah. the sun <laughs> hold off for, for a few yeah. days they should dry out that's what I'm hoping but yeah. anyway I'm excited because I love sweet peas <laughs> oh, they're lovely yeah they? yeah I really need to pull my finger out because I'm a bit behind this season so I need to I don't know why, because I've been moaning about this winter feeling like the longest winter ever <laughs> for months and months. And then now that spring's actually on the horizon and I haven't taken action yet. Yeah. It's okay. You still have time. Yeah. <laughs> There's time. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk to you both about wild gardens mm-hmm. because I was having a look at a an article on the Times website about um why you should let your garden grow wild and how to do it which I think is a really interesting topic because obviously we're all being encouraged to create more biodiverse spaces now and encourage beneficial predators and all of that sort of thing Mm. um but obviously if you are growing in a domestic garden sometimes if it has to be a multi-use space or there are other members of the family who aren't gardeners and want to sit out there and have a barbecue or something um maybe having a wild patch of garden might not be for everyone so I was wondering like do you guys have wild patches in your garden or wild bits near where you live that I'm really happy that people are encouraging this because I am renovating my house at the moment and my front garden is an absolute mess (laughs) I have not mown that lawn for I don't know, nearly a year now. <laughs> it is very overgrown. There's lavender bushes everywhere at the moment, you know, a little bit died back. But yeah. once spring and summer comes through, the bees are everywhere. And I've got a great excuse to say, what? Well, look, I've got a wild <laughs> space. You're helping it's everybody benefiting, out. <laughs> yeah, the local wildlife. So if any neighbours start moaning to me, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Yeah. And if yeah. it's lavender, it's going to smell amazing too. Yeah. So oh gosh, yeah, I love even lavender. better. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah. I think it was obviously planted by the previous owner, but I'm going to keep it there for as long as possible, just because I love this whole row of bees just yeah. having living their best life. Really. So. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm in my back garden. Um, as I said before, next to the raised bed, yeah. <laughs> I've got my bug my bug house. It's actually a bit more of a bug hotel, actually. Oh. It's, it's really, we built it years ago now and it's got everything from bricks to, to bean poles to old rocks and all sorts of things. Pots, upside down pots. And it's just in, it's, we've even made it a little roof. Um, oh, <laughs> so, that's so lovely. Yeah, my, my granddad's good at these things. So <laughs> we, uh, we've done that and um, yeah, um, it just sits sort of, by the bed and it's lovely and you always see I mean in in the summer you see bees sort of going in and out and it's it's lovely it's really nice obviously you don't want to get too close to it if you don't want spiders crawling all over you I've made that mistake (laughs) before Uh, especially at the weekend um yeah 
I think I had a bit of a, a bit of a run in with, <laughs> with the creepy crawlies, but um, yeah. But obviously, it's lovely to to watch, and you're doing your bit, aren't you, for the yeah. environment? It so. makes such a nice yeah. feature. I mean, I've seen really beautiful bug hotels mm-hmm. and things, and it's just yeah. a nice talking point if someone comes and sits in the garden with you, or yeah. you know, just something to watch and be a bit you know, have a mindful moment. Really, yeah, Ooh. exactly. It's lovely, yeah. and, and and mum's sort of planted little pretty flowers around it as well. So it's really lovely. It's like a little wild section of the garden, so it is really really nice. I've got a photo I'll have to show you afterwards I think um, with mine because mine isn't an enormous garden but it is a multi-functional garden yeah it's it was a difficult balance as to how to do it but I'm actually really really bad at lawns um <laughs> it's never gonna look like a perfect football pitch or anything yeah. but we have them um, some patches where I think because of the level of shade that it's in all the time, grass didn't grow very well there. So put some little shade-loving wildflowers there Aww. and let whatever sort of grass wanted to grow, grow there. And that was really lovely. And I know I know it's not always everybody's cup of tea, but as you say, just knowing that you're putting a, a little bit back out there for pollinators and everything, it's yeah. really really satisfying Mm, definitely yeah and I also think I don't know if it's going to continue like this now that more people are out and about and back offices and things now but over the lockdowns there were a lot more of the verges and stuff by the side of roads that had been left to grow wild and um, certainly some of the sort of wilder areas near where I live that would normally be cut back had been left to go go crazy and you think it was actually amazing what you could see if you went round there because yeah. it was so rich with wildlife and everything yeah yeah that's true like you say it's a good reminder just to you know even if it's a very small part of your garden it, it doesn't really take a lot of effort either you know actually just leave a few weeds to grow don't yeah. don't cut that lawn. it, it saves yeah. you a bit of time in if anything so have a pretty daily <laughs> sprinkled lawn yeah, instead yeah. Of just a just a plain green one yeah that's it yeah yeah, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, speaking of mindfulness and enjoying the garden, um, my story this week uh, is the the Chelsea Flower Show have announced a brand new category uh, for this year's show, oh. um, and it is called All About Plants, and it will see um, growers and nurseries show how plants can positively influence mental health, community, and industry. So oh, I feel oh, like really nice. mental health has been such a massive focus of gardening in the last couple of years, yeah. especially. And I think particularly during lockdown, how many times have we heard from readers and growers and, and you know, seen that it's been a, a positive thing in their world during lockdown and it's helped people mentally to yeah. connect with others and get yeah. outside, get some fresh air. It makes a lot of sense that the um, Chelsea Flower Show is reflecting this as well. I Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's nice to see it recognised so sort of on such a large scale as well. You yeah, know? yeah. I think it's um, it's good that the messaging is being put out there much much more now because I think it's probably something that gardeners have known and appreciated mm. for some time. But the fact that it's been opened up to a wider audience now, and I think the fact that it's being picked up in that people are even being prescribed gardening. Yeah by their doctors and I think a lot of schools now have got little areas for the children to grow things and I think I mean I think that's a really positive thing as well because just going on a little segue here but the fact that now children are learning a bit more about the environment about where food's coming from about all of that side of things it's 
it's just such a it feels like a really positive movement mm. for horticulture at the moment yeah definitely yeah and even like there's so many layers to it because it's even on a social level like I was speaking to Sophie earlier and saying that during lockdown I lost a lot of social skills and so mm. if I when yeah. I did go and meet with friends I'd be like oh did I say something that offended them had, yeah. you know had I said something and put my foot in it or something mm. whereas you know people are getting together now they're growing outside and allotments and um, community growing schemes and you've got something like a common interest that you can talk to people about it's you know yeah. it's got that that benefit to it as well definitely it sort of brings people together doesn't yeah. it so yeah it's lovely well um another quite bright and friendly story <laughs> um there's a, a lovely chinese lady on instagram she's an artist and she does a lot of cakes and like icing that really pretty really lovely displays but she started making some um toast art so <laughs> she gets pieces of toast um and she uses sort of mashed potato mashed sweet potato and she creates these lovely like flower landscapes these like <laughs> ladybirds um, ladybirds i don't think they're made out of the mashed potato but she does she does so many uh, you know she she strains little peas through sibs and she makes the little oh. flower centers out of sweet oh it's just lovely and i was i was scrolling through um the account it's called at jcc1923 so yeah if you want to have a look um it's really worth it actually yeah. it's yeah. really really lovely and she does little videos of, of, oh. of you know making um making the, the the artworks it's literally toast art which i thought was fantastic <laughs> and amazing yeah. other ways to use the veggie grow exactly well, yeah. I mean, we're constantly yeah. looking for yeah. ideas of yeah. you know what to suggest to readers about what you can do with your harvest make them into art that's right get <laughs> creative um she puts all food colorings in in the mashed potato and it's, it's really it's really lovely it's like a canvas yeah. though who yeah, it is who and knew mash was a canvas and i mean and then you can eat your art i mean exactly <laughs> mashy exactly. toast imagine yeah. if you were like yeah so everything in this i mean except for the toast everything in this i grew it and then i made art from it and then i ate it mm. amazing it's just the, the best combination no waste to circle yeah. of plant life yeah i know yeah. it's it really lovely i reckon i'll show you a few pictures actually um and it, they're really lovely so i think if you need something to brighten your day yeah look up the toast flower art yeah. I would be sorely <laughs> tempted to say that now we all have to do toast art as well and share it on the social yeah. media pages, mine, but I'm fully aware that I'm not remotely artistic, so oh, probably not. Mine will just look like poorly buttered bread, honestly. <laughs> it will just look like I've gone sort of haphazard with the knife. So yeah. Very yeah. sad yeah. looking white cut bread. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine. I'd imagine the sourdough looks a little bit more fancy yeah. and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> also, you could definitely do things with edible flowers in that mm, yeah sort of that's true. as well if you don't have the artistic flair to turn potato into flowers that became can, a trend didn't yeah. it with focaccia people were, were doing like um they're using edible flowers and vegetables to create Ooh. landscapes in focaccia oh so yeah it could be a thing toast is maybe the next big <laughs> i really <laughs> love it i mean i like toast enough as it is let alone with all yeah. these, these things mm, beautiful <laughs> yeah oh my goodness well um, I think you've probably inspired us, Sophie. Maybe Emily and I are going to go and track down some toast and some vegetables. <laughs> and um, I believe you have some jobs on the plot for us. I do, I do. If you're growing on a patio or a balcony, it's important to make the time to plan out your growing space in order to maximise what you can grow in the space available to you. Factoring in successional sowing can help extend harvests. Harvest hazel sticks prior to them coming into leaf and store them safely in your shed. You'll be pleased you did come summer when you need some supports for climbing plants like beans and peas. 
you can start getting Jerusalem artichokes in the ground now. Plant tubers 10 to 15 centimetres deep in the soil, but if you don't have the space on the plot, they can be grown in large containers or raised beds. Any undercover growers should think about taking a step towards an even more eco-friendly garden and add drainage pipes to greenhouses and polytunnels. These funnel rainwater into a water butt. Things are really ramping up in the garden, so have a great week and until next time, happy growing! This episode of The Dirt was brought to you by Gardening Works. Wood specialists providing high quality, sustainable raised beds, compost bins and much more. Find the website at gardeningworks.co.uk for more information. Thanks again for listening to The Dirt. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for free to make sure you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you could rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the word at your allotment site, community plot, or even just over the garden fence. Plus, as a special treat just for listeners of The Dirt, we've got an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash grow two, that's G-R-O-W and the number two, or call 0800 904 7000 and quote grow two to receive three issues of Grow Your Own straight to your door for just $12.99. That's a saving of 38%. Every issue is packed with gardening advice, expert tips and tricks and jobs to tick off your list. And each magazine comes with brilliant bonus gifts, often a selection of seasonal seeds. Check the episode notes for details and terms.